This is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. And folks, I'm sorry we missed last week. I had to uh, leave for some business uh, for my job, and um, but we're back and glad to be here. And folks, boy, what two weeks being off the air can change so quickly in this world. It's We are moving at a pace that is literally breakneck. And uh, tonight, who better to have on to talk about what's going on uh, in this world uh, and also some insight into the scripture. And I'm going to let him share that with you. We got Brother Benjamin um, coming on. We're going to talk about uh, the, some things that have been on his heart. Uh, also, if you didn't catch it last night, he was on Coast to Coast AM, so you can go out there. I, I think you have to have a subscription to it. Um, but he was on there uh, last night, and we thank God for the opportunity uh, to be able to have Benjamin on a, on a, such a large show as Coast to Coast to um, to share uh, what's going on right now in this world. So, with that, I'm going to bring on Benjamin to the program here, brother. Are you here with me? Well, good evening, Frank. Amen. Amen. Brother, I'm, I'm glad uh, you were on and I'm, I'm trying to get the recording uh, downloaded here so I can listen to it. And uh, what a blessing the Lord um, to have you even get on to, uh, to coast to coast again. Um, excited for you that that went on last night. And so, um, folks, please, if you have a way to listen, uh, please go listen to it. And uh, I know you'll be blessed. But Benjamin, um, I want to open up with a word of prayer because um, things are obviously getting serious and I know you're going to, you have an update and want to share some things. So I'm just going to ask uh, brother, we could open with a word of prayer and get this program started tonight. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we turn our hearts towards you. Amen. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Father. We lift up the name of Jesus. We consecrate Amen. this time. We pray that our words, we pray that the message, we pray that the ministry would be anointed by your Holy Spirit. That you would give us utterance. That a ream of word of God would come forth unto life and salvation and healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Thank you, brother. Um, listen, before he, I don't know, Benjamin, we, there's so much going on, but just a, a fun thing. I don't know if you saw it, but did you see the video of the little kids in school when they got the notice that they weren't going to have to wear masks anymore? Have you seen that? No, they freaked out. They were jumping, screaming, shouting. It was they went into complete hysteria. When the teacher said they weren't going to have to wear them anymore. Um, if folks, if you haven't seen it, you got it. It's a must watch. Anyways, brother, please um, share with us. A lot, lot has changed in two weeks. Uh, yeah, and it looks like it's a lot about to change in two days as well. You know, the world just keeps marching down the road to the path to Armageddon. The crisis in Ukraine boiling over. It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, 
it appears that the Russia Duma will take up the matter of the Declaration of Independence by the the two states in the Donbass region. Those are the two far eastern republics of Ukraine that are primarily Russian-speaking citizens who've all voted to secede from Ukraine and, and in a local election voted to become annexed by Russia. These are, these are Russian speakers uh, with Russian families that in their mind, they don't want to be part of a European country. They want to be part of Russia again. And the Duma will be voting on this um, Monday. And the intelligence circles are reporting that following that vote, if, if the vote is uh, passed, and I would, there'd be every expectation that the Russia Duma would vote in this way, uh, that Putin has given the order that the Russian military will then uh, move into the Donbass region at the request of the local government leaders uh, to protect the citizens against possible um, acts of aggression on behalf of the Ukrainian army, which is basically on the border of these breakaway regions. So, you know, if that's the next move, that's a very calculating chess move. You know, we, we shall see, uh, you know, one of the comments I made on Coast to Coast last night and um, was, you know, we, we're not absolutely certain this event, that the crisis in Ukraine, you know, is this a replay of Czechoslovakia in 1938 and the, the annexation of the Sudetenland by Nazi Germany? Or are we looking at the events that took place in Poland in 1939, where an actual military invasion became the first act that ignited World War II. Uh, we'll find out if, uh, if Putin merely occupies the, the Donbass region following a vote to annex those two republics, and if the Ukrainian military stands down, NATO stands down, then maybe this is Czechoslovakia. Maybe we have another year. If NATO forces begin fighting the Russian military, more likely we're seeing the very first phase of World War III and isn't it ironic that Iran is basically flexing their muscles? North Korea has made proclamations in the last 48 hours that they're capable of launching an ICBM against the United States. China is continuing their mobilization and escalation. The Western analysts think they're planning to invade Taiwan. And we shall see. Perhaps they plan on traveling a little further over the Pacific Ocean and landing on the West Coast. In any event, yes, things are, have heated up. Well, it was really nice of the U.S. to waive the Iranian sanctions. Uh, that was a very nice, kind gesture of us. Yeah. And didn't we just release some 20-something billion dollars as well? It's I don't know. Kind of yeah, I don't understand. Anyways, yeah. It's called treason, Frank, with a T. You know, yes, people used to get hung for that, but that was a long it, time ago. Uh, that's when we still had an American government. That's right. Yeah, it's simply amazing. But hey, let's start out in the scriptures, shall we? Amen. And then we can talk about some of the details of, of the, the balance of power issues in, in Ukraine. And, you know, how close are we to the, the events of 
the book of Revelation, the, the, the beginning of the ride of the red horse of war. But yeah, I want to start with Matthew 10. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men. For they'll deliver you up to the councils. They'll betray you now. They'll have you scourged and beaten in their synagogues. And they'll bring you before their governors and kings for my sake and for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. And when they deliver you up, take no thought of how or what you shall speak. For shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. And brothers shall deliver up the brother to death. And the father, the child. And the children shall rise up against their parents, causing them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, this is the hour that we're in. This is the time when when families are being divided. A man's enemies are his own family. You know, and how many issues do we have to divide people over, right? Black vaccines matter. I mean, right? <laughs> Flat rapture theories, right? There's a thousand ways to argue about the Sabbath. Don't miss that debate. You know, all of these things, a spirit of offense. And I, several years ago, I'm, I made the statement that the red horse of war would first come forth in the spirit to take peace from among the relations of men and a spirit of offense it would be released into the earth. And I, I think we've seen that at this point, don't you, Frank? Yeah. And, and I find it interesting that the correlation of the wolves are our brothers, are those who we serve, you know, church family, family members. Uh, you're, I believe the spirit of offense is alive in the body that calls themselves believers. Well, did you ever watch any of the Matrix movies? I'm sure some of our listeners did. Um, it's a fictional account of the, of the satanic world order where humanity is basically under total deception. And the, the people that are deceived will fight and defend the deception because it's their reality. But, but one of the attributes of the Matrix is the... the um, the government agents could basically enter into any of the people possessed by the spirit of the matrix. And the people could be transformed from harmless civilians to lethal government agents in a moment in time. And, you know, that's what, what's happening today. You know, on the wide road, there are many seeking to enter the kingdom of God in the way that seems right in their eyes. Now they've, They've left off the, the step of being born again um, and having never received the new birth. They have not the spirit of the Lord in them. So they're left with the knowledge of good and evil. They're left with the carnal mind, which is still under the curse. And they're left with religious spirits. But for the most part, they still want to appear as, as quite nice. You know, they wanted to appear as sheep. They want to look like wheat. But now in this last hour, I don't know if you've seen this as commonplace as I have. Frank, now they're turning into wolves. They're angry. 
They're frustrated. They're easily triggered. Many shall be offended and betray one another and hate one another, Jesus said in Matthew 24. Now, let's just take a quick tour of, of that verse. That shall many be offended, Matthew 24, 10. Then shall many be offended. This is after the beginning of sorrows. You know, the Lord told us you know, many would come in his name saying, I'm anointed and deceive many. Well, we saw the false prophetic movement. We saw the charismatic movement be overrun by kundalini devils. We saw all of those churches you know, turn into habitations of devils. And many would come and deceive many. We've, we've heard of the wars and the rumors of wars. The nations have risen against nations, the ethnos against ethnos. Kingdoms will now fight kingdoms. There's famine, pestilence. You know, there's your COVID vac vaccine and your COVID virus. The pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. These are just the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver us up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you will be hated of all nations on my namesake. The Lord repeated the same message in Matthew 10. Beware of men. They're going to deliver you up. And they're going to hate you for my name. But he that endures to the end. Here again in Matthew 24, you shall be hated of all nations, all men and nations for the sake of Jesus' name. Then shall many become offended. See, not everybody wanted to be hated by the world like Jesus is hated by the world. Not everybody can handle the the rejection and the, and the despisement. Jesus was a man acquainted with sorrow. He was rejected. He was despised. Many people will become offended when it costs them something to, to claim the name of Jesus. And so they'll turn and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and deceive many. And because of the iniquity that we're seeing everywhere around us, the love of many has now grown cold. But again, the Lord said, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. So, you know, here we are as sheep in the midst of wolves. And, and the people that maybe in years past would have appeared to be harmless, kind, sweet people at church. If there are people that are walking on the wide road, they're going to turn into wolves soon. They're going to hate you. They're going to deliver you up. They're going to scourge you in their synagogues. They're going to have you arrested. They're going to want to put you to death. And some of these people will be the members of your own family. And it's simply unbelievable. They, they don't even know why they hate you now. They just know that they do. And that's the time that we're in, the midst of the wolves. It's really kind of uh, scary, really. It it's is a scary phenomena. It is. We, we had, I had a good friend or uh, one of my close buddies. Um, he's been on the program years back with me. He, uh, we, he works with another friend of ours who we, you know, considered a brother in the Lord. And um, it was down to the whole, you know, getting the poke. And, uh, and my buddy said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Well, our other so-called friend, um, started telling about, oh, don't worry. He'll buckle when it comes to his job. He'll give in, you know, and all that stuff. 
and he didn't. And he was right, prepared to lose his job. And at the last moment, um, the Lord saved it. And it was a, it was miraculous, but it was it was the hurt we were just talking about earlier tonight uh, of knowing our own friend was bait was was hoping and telling people that that don't worry, he'll compromise. And that was somehow a good thing of his own faith and belief. It, it was just shocking that this was a guy that we called brother. You know what I mean? That would do this. And well, um, that's where we're at today. Oh, absolutely. Families are dividing over this issue of the joke. You don't get the joke. Well, the joke's on you if you get the joke. But the people who've gotten the joke, they hate everyone that isn't laughing. And the people that didn't get the joke, they're sickened by the fact that the joke is actually on you if you were foolish enough to take it. But in any event, yeah, and at the same time, the nations are preparing for war. And the schools are turning the children into transgender. What word do you use to describe that perversion? Transreality. Parents are, are finding out that their kids have been getting transgender counseling and they knew nothing about it. I mean, the wickedness of this hour, Frank, it's simply beyond compare and, you know, but God's about to intervene. And Sodom and Gomorrah to... was not this wicked. No, no, neither was the day of Noah. Yeah. Neither was the time of Noah. Did this you see the where they they just tried to crucify the governor of Florida because he's trying to outlaw? You being he's trying to outlaw that teachers cannot talk to children in grade school about their gender. It's up to the parents. And he's being crucified like he's some kind of a monster. Wow. That, that doesn't tell you where we're at, folks. I don't know what to say anymore. Wow. Well, there isn't anything to say. There's only time for the Lord to do what he has to do, which is purify this people by the spirit of judgment. In the spirit of burning. So, hey, should we get into a little bit of the the details of what's happening with uh, the Ukraine? Yeah, let's let's uh, because I think that all pretty much comes together, uh, and, you know, with brother hating brother and, and folks. You, just a little caveat of everything that's going on here that Benjamin is going to share. Uh, we've talked about it in times past about you know all these things, and even what brother Dimitri Dudeman said. You know, even civil war, which Benjamin actually mentioned in, in Matthew 24, the ethnos against ethnos. That's all all these things you see in Canada and the truckers and the and now the government, the, the Canadian prime Mem prime minister threatening violence to stop them. Um, it's we are we are coming together at a time when the people are angry. On top of everything, Benjamin, and just just remember that on top of everything else that's going on right now, brother, over to you. Yeah, Frank, you're right. There's a spirit of anger. It's just unbelievable. And people have lost all civility. They've lost their patience. And soon they're going to lose their minds. And then it's, it's going to get pretty crazy out there before we're done. But yeah, let's talk about the war that is coming in Ukraine, you know, first, um, the Russian mobilization, the news talks about uh, Russia having mobilized approximately 100,000 men. Uh, that's not correct. 
Uh, the Russian mobilization began in earnest in November of last year, and it's been going on for basically uh, four months, three and a half months at this point, and it isn't over. This deployment is unlike anything we've ever seen before. This mobilization is now approaching, Frank, 100 fully equipped divisions. That represents 10 complete Russian army groups with over 1 million men. And you know these forces would overwhelm Ukraine's defenses in a matter of, of, of days. You know, Russian generals have made the statement previously that mobilization is war. And mobilization on this level is unprecedented. We haven't seen anything like this since World War II. You know, in a prior time in my life, I was a military intelligence analyst. And my job was uh, to watch the Russian military. My, my title was order of battle specialist. And I was trained to watch Russian mobilizations to determine when they'd reached a point that it was no longer a drill, but it had reached a, a critical mass where it was clearly obvious Russia was preparing for a military strike on NATO or, or wherever they were echeloning their forces. Well, that's what we're seeing today. It is clearly obvious and the whole world sees it for what it is. The news tonight, this is mainstream news tonight. The CBS News contains statements that the U.S. government expects Russia might attack by early next week. You know, we'll see. Putin is playing his cards carefully. The Russians want the argument of a defensive war. They want to be able to claim that theirs was an act of self-defense. So it'll be an interesting chess match to see where we go from here. But Russia is clearly mobilizing at a level that would indicate they're not just going to take Ukraine, they're going to take the entire Eastern European Warsaw Pact back under Russian control. And they could send their tanks as far away as Berlin and, and Paris if they wanted. The West, meanwhile, is denying all of this, Frank, and doing nothing. The Russian deployment is now encircling Ukraine's defenses. Russian troops have been moved into Belarusia. And there's massive deployments in the Crimean Peninsula of amphibious forces. Russia has now declared the Northern Black Sea a closed military zone. I guess that's effective on, uh, pardon me, that'll be effective Sunday. A closed military zone for surface-to-surface -surface anti ship missile practice. So they're basically blockading the Ukrainian coastline starting Monday. And the bottom line is NATO is not even capable of stopping the Russian military. The Russian artillery brigades, Frank, they're armed with a missile technology that includes thermobaric warheads, which are fuel bomb warheads, but are the equivalent of small nuclear weapons. What do I mean by small? Hiroshima type small. We, we are not. We don't have anything that could even oppose the, these forces. The French army is probably the most capable, aside from the United States. It won't be ready for war for two to three years. The German army is a disgrace. They don't even have tanks that are operational. They're all basically um, in the shop waiting for repairs. They don't have an operational submarine. The only other NATO member that has an active military is Turkey, 
And they have no direct proximity or access to the conflict. And it's not entirely clear what side they're going to be on when the war. They don't even like us. No, they don't. They're technically still a NATO country, but I wouldn't call them an ally. Meanwhile, the Russian military, Frank, possesses 20,000 tactical nuclear warheads. And you mentioned one thing about their military earlier, Benjamin, that I think is key. You mentioned about they had men. While opposite, we're training the 1st Pink Battalion here in the United States to go over there and slap them and pull their hair for our, for our new woke military. And it's an absolute disgrace. I apologize for every male that's a man in our military that has to serve with this absolute woke generation that is sissifying who we are today to try to protect ourselves because pulling their hair isn't going to stop them. Sorry. Well, no, that's all right. But the scripture says that the mighty men of Babylon have become as women. You know, and, and I thought, you know, that was a reference to they decided just to simply not fight, but the scriptures being fulfilled, literally they're wearing high heels. They're doing transgender conversion into they're pretending that they're female and and they're now bringing women, small women, weak women into combat units. I mean, this is ridiculous. You can't have women in combat. But, you know, look, I guess women can die just as easily as men. So, you know, if that's the purpose now for bringing women into into the forward combat units, then, well. You know, the pain of war will not exceed the woe of aftermath. Now, the ultimate target of Russia's maneuver, aside from capturing, again, the former Warsaw Pact countries to rebuild the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union, but the ultimate target of of the Russian strategy, and they've joined together with China, and they're in an alliance with other communist powers, including Arab terrorist states such as Iran, and North Korea, their ultimate target is the destruction and the ultimate defeat of the United States. You know, it's astonishing. Ever since the the Cold War allegedly ended in 1991, I guess, was the official end of the Cold War. Uh, 1989, the wall came down, um, but the, the war itself maybe was 1990. So for a little over 30 years, America has been the undisputed superpower in the earth. During that time, our communist adversaries have been preparing for an eventual war against the United States. China has built the largest Navy in the world. And when you combine the Chinese Navy with the Russian Navy, their combined naval forces are twice the size of the United States. In addition, they're now equipped with hypersonic missiles that render the U.S carrier battle groups as merely obsolete. This outcome was not by accident. And while the United States was refocusing its military capabilities to combat an insurgency in occupied territories as part of our war against terrorism, our enemies in these communist countries were preparing to fight a ultimate peer-to-peer conflict against the United States. That conflict is now at hand. You know, and while we fought this war on terror for the last 20 years, following the events of 9-11, first in Afghanistan and then later in Iraq, 
and to some degree fighting in Syria. For all practical purposes, Frank, we lost the war in Afghanistan and Iraq. We spent trillions of dollars. You know, the, the alleged strategy was to bring democracy to the Middle East. Well, I suppose we succeeded in de- bringing democracy to Iraq, but nobody bothered to tell the American decision makers that the majority of the population in Iraq were Shiites and that in a perfect democracy, they would merely vote to join and become part of Iran. So, you know, in spending trillions of dollars to bring democracy to the Middle East, all we succeeded in doing was turning these countries to back to the radicalized Eastern Bloc. And, you know, you, you have to admit that on the surface, this looks like the height of stupidity. But when you realize the policymakers at the top of, of our country and these other countries, you know, they're not that stupid. They knew this would be the outcome. You know, the, the fact that we destabilized the Middle East and then the Russians came in behind us and, and did massive bombardment in, in the rebellion cities of Syria. We had massive dislocations of civilians in Iraq and Afghanistan. The Arab Spring throughout the Middle East destabilized all these countries, resulting in a massive refugee flow into Europe and, and also into the United States. You know, I don't know if you remember, Frank, back following 9-11, you know, we had the the, the war on terror and, you know, the terrorists were going to they were going to mail, you know, anthrax to government officials. And, you know, they were going to they were going to be around every corner. And, you know, we need to see something, say something. And, you know, we had the color codes, you know, today it's terror code yellow. You know, yesterday was red. Tomorrow might be orange. And, you know, that. That entire charade that was played, you know, and then it kind of all just ended with a whimper as as the the focus of the world moved from the war on terror to the war against the Trump administration and allegations of Russian collusion and, you know, impeachments and, you know, one audacious um, chasm of political divide after another. And then finally, um, Biden's dubious election victory, followed by a you know misguided protest that's been labeled an insurrection, and then of course the the entire COVID pandemic, you know now the war on terror. I mean you know, that is so old news. Get over it. You know the the color coded terror alerts are long gone. Matter of fact, the terrorists themselves are gone. Where did all those terrorists go, Frank? I'm thinking they moved to Michigan or maybe Minneapolis or maybe New York or L.A., right? I mean, how many millions of of unvetted nationals from countries whose political and religious ideology is totally opposed to the freedom and the Christianity of the West and the freedom and, and the Christianity of the United States? And yet the world now, it's it's all about you know, the joke. Did you get the joke? Well, here we are. After spending trillions of dollars, the United States is bankrupt on the verge of war. You know, if you think about it, the long-term strategic plan of the communist powers, which numerous defectors, high-level military defectors who, who fled 
Soviet Union came to the United States warning that the communists had a long term plan against the Western democracies and in principle against the United States of America. And that part of that plan involved a false split between Soviet Russia and communist China. And that split would allow China to appear to transform into a capitalist country. And their plan was to lure Western capital in with the promise of near slave labor wages so that the widgets sold at Walmart could be produced at next to zero labor cost at maximum profit. And this would allow the West to build and equip the Chinese economy, an event or a feat that Russia would not be capable of. And so it all worked perfectly. But, you know, if you think of how they use neuro-linguistic programming, you know, the control of language to reprogram our minds. In the 1950s, the news when speaking of China referred to Soviet China as China was a satellite power of Russian communism at the time. By the 1960s, China had been relabeled as Red China. You may remember that. Some of you that are a little bit older, like me, might recall when there was a Red China. But by the 1970s, 1980s, we changed the name to simply China, the country that we call it today. Part of this was simply to lull the West to sleep, to forget about the fact that these countries are actually sworn enemies of the United States, organized together for global dominance. And this was their plan all along, to bring the United States to a point of weakness, of political division, of bankruptcy, a hollowing out of her industrial core. And, and, you know, if you actually study the, the industries that have been exported to China, it is simply unbelievable. One of those industries, Frank, is pharmaceutical products, pharmaceutical basic uh, ingredients. Majority of them are produced in China. There was a general in uh, 1964, an American general who was in charge of the U.S. Army Bioweapons Research and Development Command. His name was actually General J.H. Rothschild. He published a book called Tomorrow's Weapons, And in it, he talked about what he called toxic weapons or biological weapons. And he he warned that these weapons could be extremely powerful and that they would be particularly effective against an open society such as ours, particularly if they were released in time of supposed peace. He went on to explain that our food, our drug, even our cosmetic industry could all become sabotage victims and that the production processes of all of these products were vulnerable to the introduction of chemical and biological agents with the result that the contaminated products would be widely distributed in the United States to an unsuspecting public. He also warned of the possible mass contamination of medicine and vaccines, which could be used as a weapon against the American people and that this biological sabotage would most likely occur prior to the outbreak of a major war with the communist powers. Well, there are several reasons today to suspect that such an operation launched in today's pre-war climate is already underway in the West. I think the world is in agreement that the coronavirus came from the Wuhan lab in communist China and that the virus itself was modified. 
Numerous medical experts have testified that the virus has clear signs of inserted gene sequences, including HIV and SARS uh, virus adaptions and that could not have evolved in nature. And so, you know, here we've got this, this virus that at first came from a bat and anybody who said it came out of the lab was, you know, spreading conspiracy theory. Well, let me ask a, a logical question. Um, biological research, biological weapons research, you know, is a little bit of a dangerous undertaking. Why would you put a bioweapon lab in the middle of a city? Unless you wanted to have an alibi that you had an accidental release, you know, once the once the science had become clear and the truth had finally surfaced, the fact that the mutated COVID-19 virus was actually engineered in the Wuhan lab would become an, an irrefutable fact. Well, then, you know, then the story has to shift to, well, it, it was an accident, right? I mean, you don't want to be the country that ends up accused of deliberately releasing bioweapons. Do you? No, of course not. You, you need your alibis. And isn't it interesting, though, Frank, you know, if you look at the, the science behind the, the virus, you know, and I've been studying medicine for over, I'd guess, about 15 years at this point, with particular emphasis on vaccine science, efficacy and safety. You know, on my only comment on vaccine safety, I would cite the 1986 Vaccine Act in which the pharmaceutical companies were given blanket product liability immunity. They cannot be sued for any injuries, no matter how willful or grossly negligent they are in the, in the creation of these products. They, there is no liability attached. You, you have to sue the vaccine court. You have to seek relief for redress for grievances. Any damages that are caused have to be paid out of the vaccine trust fund. But the preamble of the 1986 act it reads, because vaccines are unavoidably unsafe, <laughs> but yet an, an integral part of national security, we have to pass this act. And so, you know, the mantra that these, that the joke is, you know, safe and effective. Well, not in the eyes of the law and not in reality. But so here we are with a a bioweapon that's been released. And, and what, does the, what does the coronavirus really do? Well, it's just like the flu, only maybe a little more contagious. And if you have comorbidity factors, the flu will kill you. If you're over 65 years old, and if you're obese, or you have diabetes, or you have heart conditions, or you have lung conditions from 40 years of smoking, or any other um, comorbidity factors. If you have three or four of those comorbidity factors and you catch the flu, there's a good chance you're going to die. You know, so here we have this bioweapon and it was designed, it was targeted to be harmless as the flu for the young population, but it would select elderly citizens or citizens that are obese and people with obesity. Um, and I'm not trying to be down on, on obese people, although Fasting and prayer would be a good, a good remedy to, to assist in that affliction. But um, if you're obese, you, you tend to consume a lot of food. So, you know, what kind of weapon would China want to release on its own population? What population groups might they want to selectively reduce? Um, elderly people no longer working and contributing to the wealth of the, of the People's Republic. That'd be one group. 
Um, and overeaters, people who have health issues as a result of whether there's a medical reason for obesity or it's simply a, a personal lifestyle choice that led to obesity, people that are consuming more food than the average Chinese citizen. Again, you know, in terms of economic rationing, these would be the two population groups you'd want to see a reduction in. Coincidentally, that's exactly what this bioweapon is designed to do. But it was accidentally released, of course. Um, but yet Chinese military officials speaking several times in public in China, their speeches being translated back into English, made statements that, you know, the only way to begin a war against the United States would be to use biological weapons in order to, quote, overwhelm the Western social system, the Western hospital system, and severely disrupt, disrupt the American economy. This was a core strategy of the Chinese military. And actually, the Chinese, the Communist Party, the people's, the CCP army, was tasked with the, the job of coordinating the biowarfare trials within this business and military strategy. And guess where the trials were done? At the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Here we are back in the city of the bat market. Chinese defense minister Chai Houtin, speaking uh, to the Chinese elite about 20 years ago, outlined the plans for a surprise biological attack on the United States. He stated, only by using non-destructive weapons can we kill enough people that we will be able to reserve America for ourselves. And um, so that's what you've got. We've had the bioweapon release. It's a question of how quickly we go to war. And, um, you know, I think I'd like to share a dream that I had just the other night. I was up on the hillside very top of a hill overlooking um, actually the city of Laguna Beach, California. I was in an area they call the top of the world. And it's a ridgeline um, and some beautiful homes on top. And, and I'm in one of these homes standing out on the balcony overlooking all of Laguna Beach and the beautiful Pacific Ocean. And all of a sudden, this helicopter comes flying in. And, you know, it's perhaps 200 feet, 300 feet off the ground. There's a door open and a man leans out and he's, he's fully strapped up so that he's, he can lean out of the helicopter without falling. And he, in his arms, in his possession, he has a 50 caliber machine gun. And Frank, he just starts opening up on auto. And I mean, the helicopter's just flying around and, you know, this machine gun is shooting seven to 10 rounds a second. And he is not relenting. And at the same time, I'm watching this this assault on this innocent civilian population of Southern California. If this were to happen in real life, I mean, it would be, you know, this would be a, a, a slaughter. 50 caliber rounds are huge. You know, they would go through multiple houses. And yet nobody was even paying attention. Nobody called the police. Nobody even knew these, this lethal, this lethal weapon was being used to shoot the people. And the dream ended. Nobody's even aware that this stuff is happening. But a war is already underway is the point I'm trying to to make, um, you know, this. And were people people being shot and actually dying in that dream? 
I didn't see any of the casualties. I, all I saw was the helicopter. They were shooting into the residential neighborhoods. And nobody was paying any attention. Sounds like what's going on today. Nobody was aware that there was an attack underway. Nobody could see there was weapons being used. Nobody could tell that people were being shot with a weapon that was intended to kill them. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's the first phase of the war. You know, this plan, uh, the, the plan of the communist powers pretending to, to have a split and then ultimately coming back together uh, was re- first re- disclosed by Alexander Gozanitsyn in his book, New Lies for Old. Uh, he was a defector from the Soviet KGB. And he warned that at the end of the deception phase, the communist forces would unite together and America would face one clenched fist of all of the communist nations together. That clenched fist is now emerging. We are still fighting the Communist Party Soviet Union. You know, it's been hidden. It's been in control of the oligarchs. It's been in control of the power structures within Russia and also the former communist states. You know, the, the Communist Party Soviet Union never relinquished power. It may have changed its name. It may have merged into other organizations. You know, it's hidden itself among the children of men, but it never went away. So, you know, here we are. Um, the nations are preparing for war. At the same time, Frank, get this news flash. Over the last year or two, China itself has been engaged in massive purchases of substantial amounts of the world's food reserves. And they're now being stored in China in massive quantities. You know, why would a country like China want to stockpile food? And, you know, a number of countries, because of changes in production, shortages of fertilizer, shortages of parts for for farm production equipment as a result of the supply chain breakdowns. A number of countries have enacted laws prohibiting the export of their food products. But there's one country that allows all of its food to be exported. Guess which one that would be, Frank? Can only guess. The daughter of Babylon, whom the 10 kings hate with a vengeance. So they're stripping her naked. And they're eating her flesh and they're exporting all of her food reserves. And China's buying everything up with a vengeance. You know, and the, the only reason for such massive reserves would be obviously these come in very handy in times of war. You know, in face of all of this, the United States is ill prepared. We don't have the leadership to confront our enemies, we don't have the leadership to confront the terrible the terrible crisis that we're already in, you know, the leadership of of our country today, you know, if you were to name like, you know, the most powerful politicians in our country, I think you would be, you know, you'd you'd have to really, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to just say it. I think our top politicians, their names are, is it Curly, Murley and Moe? No, Larry, Larry, Curly and Moe, the three stooges. That's who's running our country, Frank. I actually like the Three Stooges as a comedy show. They still have the reruns on some of the old TV channels. And the Stooges were hilarious, but but it's no joke when clowns like that are running are running what was once the greatest nation in the world. But if you're trying to run it into the ground, those are the guys you would look to for sure. 
Um, we are on the eve of world war, whether it starts in the next six months, you know, I'd give you an even bet on that, or it starts in the following year. You know, it's going to pass, the time will pass quickly either way. For all practical purposes, we're on the eve of world war. And, and it, at this point, the United States is effectively bankrupt. Now $30 trillion in debt. And, and that's, and Benjamin, you know, that's not even close to the actual debt of this country. Well, there's a lot of different measures, but yeah, yeah. With, 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 yeah, it's folks, it's so bad. It's unmeasurable. Oh, it is. And you know, that then there's the derivatives debt, which is the interbanking system. And there's, there's $400 trillion of notional derivative debt between the banking industry and the commercial corporate clients, much of which uh, involves interest rate settlement agreements in which the private corporate borrowers have sought to protect themselves against the risk of rising interest rates. And so they've entered into these interest rate swap contracts that are technically derivatives. The notional value of the contract could be, let's say it's $100 million. You know, and, and of all these contracts in the world, they total 400 trillion. That's the notional value. That's the, the value that the contract is based on. Let's just use the example of 100 trillion, pardon me, 100, 100 million dollars. Um, let's say the contract involves a guarantee or a swap of fixed to variable or variable to fixed interest rates. So you know, let's say the corporation has issued variable debt and currently it's paying one, two, three percent interest, but that interest is subject to change. They would go to the bank and say, um, we would like to swap from variable to fixed. And the bank would say, well, that's fine. You know, um, We'll allow you to lock your interest rate from a variable rate to a fixed rate, but you need to pay us three, four, five million dollars for the privilege. And, and the corporations did that. They paid huge sums to the bank. And the banks have been betting that interest rates wouldn't go up. The corporations are buying insurance in the event that they do. Well, this entire scheme was indexed off the London interbank offer rate, the LIBOR market, which is the interest rate for US dollar debt in London between the euro dollar member banks, which is a consortium of the largest banks that basically write and trade in US dollar loans that are denominated in dollars, but the loans are originated and the money is used in Europe. Okay. All of that debt has been indexed in LIBOR rates. All of these notional derivatives were also tied to LIBOR over the last 20 years until now. Suddenly, they did an index conversion and they changed the interest rate index for settlement of these derivatives from the LIBOR index. They changed it to what they call SOFR plus 38. And SOFR is the um, secured overnight funding rate of the Federal Reserve Bank for U.S. Treasury secured debt. That's the reason they add the 38 basis points, because the interbank LIBOR rates historically have been about 38 basis points. That's 0.38% for you non-finance types above U.S. Treasury rates. So what the Fed did is they've, they've changed the index for purposes of settlement of all of this interest rate hedging, this $400 trillion of, of derivative debt that was supposed to blow up the banks, they just changed the rule book. And now the interest rate for settling on these contracts, instead of the dollar rate in London for credit between institutions with credit risk, they changed it to the Federal Reserve's interest rate 
for U.S. Treasury debt that they would purchase overnight. So what does all that mean? It means when we go into the next federal crisis, the next financial crisis, the London interbank market could crash, it could collapse, and it wouldn't affect the derivatives. The only thing that affects the derivatives is the interest rate that the Fed agrees to charge the federal government on overnight borrowing. Well, look, in the midst of the worst part of the crisis, the Fed is going to support the federal government. That's why they are the Federal Reserve. They're there to backstop the federal government. And they're going to do it by keeping federal short-term rates near zero. They're going to print the money and lend it to the Treasury at next to nothing. And guess what that means? The $400 trillion of interest rate derivatives will be, they'll all expire worthless, which means the banks won't have to pay on the interest rate swap, which means the Fed won't have to bail out the banks because if the banks had to pay on the swaps, they'd go bankrupt and the Fed has to would then have to bail out the bankrupt banks. They're short-circuiting the entire scheme by moving the goalpost and changing the rules on the interest rate contracts. You know, the reason I know all this is I was actually trying to figure out how to do some interest rate hedges for one of my clients. And, and we ran into this, wait a minute, you're, you're going to change this to the overnight treasury rate? That basically means the contracts are worthless. So look, they're already rigging the system for the collapse of the economy. And let me see, they're no longer issuing LIBOR swaps as of January 1st of this year. The actual SOFR conversion, I believe is, um, I'm not remembering exactly, maybe it's uh, March or April of this year. So all of these derivatives will all have been converted by operation of law to a meaningless interest rate, which means the bankers of the world are preparing for the collapse and for the war. You know, isn't that nice to know that the, the elite are preparing for the crisis that is ahead and they're preparing to save themselves like they always do? Okay. Um, well, I, I one thing about that, and folks, this, what's basically he's boiling down is to say is that when this crashes, it'll make 1929 about the equivalent of McDonald's opening a half hour late one morning. Okay. That's what it's going to be equivalent to because what we suffered in the great depression will be a blip on the radar compared to the monster of a financial crash that's coming. It's not even in the same realm of what happened back then. It's so much bigger now. And folks, it, it, it it's um, that's why the Bible talks about one day that they will throw their silver in the streets. And, and we need to make sure that our, our treasure is in heaven. It's not in this world because what, what is coming, the financial thing, honestly, it's the scariest thing out there. One of the scariest things that collapse. And um, so brother, I, I know that's some technical talk, but I understand. I, I know what you're talking about somewhat. I appreciate it uh, as a business owner. Um, it's it's bad. It's so much worse than people can understand. Yeah, um, it's the black horse of the book of Revelation. It's the total collapse. It's a cessation of economic activity. It's poverty, starvation. It's the day of the Lord. It's the day of vengeance of our God. But the 
the people of God will put their hope in their king. The Lord will be the hope of his people. And we will look to the Lord and he will deliver us if we're walking upright with him. The problem is we walk on defiled ground. Most people can't even break through into the anointing anymore. We walk, many of us, under heavens that are brass. You know, quite a few people have never even experienced the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And they, they very well could still be saved. But the hindrance against us is so powerful. And most people are oblivious to it. They go to sleep. They turn to entertainment. Now, are they... They don't confront the enemy. And that's your, your reference to fasting in, in Psalm, or pardon me, Isaiah 58 is exactly right, Frank. I mean, we, we are looking at the beginning of events of the book of Revelation. We're looking at the, the beginning of the war. And, and when this thing starts, it, it, it'll, it cannot be stopped. You know, now we'll begin a war that no man can stop. And it's, purposefully being used to destroy the current world order, destroy the current economic system so that the one world government of the Antichrist will emerge and everything else will be in ruins. And then to participate in the one world government of the Antichrist, you're going to have to have a mark on your hand or your forehead. And no, the joke is not the mark. I know some people are adamant that they think that it is. No, the mark will actually be used to read an identification number. And it's going to be three sets of six digits. And you have to willfully take it, you know. But in any event, it's amazing how so many people are so absolutely certain of their opinions, Frank. Have you noticed that? And honestly, unless something's been confirmed by two or more witnesses, you should not be certain of it at all. Look, you're entitled to your opinion. You have your opinions. I have my opinions. You know, let's throw them. Let's put them both um, before the Lord in prayer and ask God to confirm the truth. Who cares? You know, it's not about us being right. It's about us becoming righteous. None of us is right. I'm not right. You're not right. Not one of us was right. We've been more wrong than we've ever dreamed. And the best among us are sharper than a thorn hedge. Why is that? Because they're so convinced they're right. And everybody else is not. You know, and the hearts of many have grown cold. The love of many has grown cold. People are arguing about nothing. When the Lord basically said, you know, there's really, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Amen Yet, to that. There's very little mercy today. But we've got to become the people that will overcome all of this darkness and get prepared. Because, you know, candidly, guys, hey, the intelligence sources are confirming the Russians have entered into agreements with the Mexican drug cartels to smuggle their special forces and weapons across our southern border. And there's reports of large numbers of Russian nationals men of military age pouring into the United States right now. You know, the pre-war period uh, follow, you know, just prior to the actual attack with the 
submarine launched missiles, hypersonic missiles and ICBMs over the poles. That pre-war period is known as the overture and it will involve substantial acts of sabotage on US infrastructure, communication systems, satellite uplinks, you know, the telephone will stop working. The TV and the radio stations will be off. The power will be out and it's not coming back on. And everyone will be isolated and the people will be like wondering, well, what's happening? Well, you know, if we've already seen the war in Ukraine morph into the war of Eastern Europe, we explode into the war with Iran that then turns into the war with North Korea. And then China gets involved in, in the conflict with uh, military conflicts are fighting between Chinese Navy and the U.S. Navy, uh, folks, you can assume it's on, okay? Then when the power goes out, the phone doesn't work, fill your bathtub because the water will be off soon enough, and you'll be in for the final days of the overture, and then the ICBMs will fly. And then you'll see the mushroom clouds, and the fires will burn, and they will burn until the winter rains put them out. So you might want to have some air filtration in your houses, and then in the following spring, the remnant of America will have been through enough of the pur purging fire of, of God's judgment that they will have repented of their idolatry, their unforgiveness, their love of the world, their spirit of compromise, their spirit of, of, of dishonoring the Lord by seeking to put other things ahead the kingdom of God. We were told to seek first the kingdom of God. What's the first thing everybody does every day? It's the first thing on everybody's mind. You know, everybody answers for themselves and everybody's responsible to the Lord. But for how many of us is it seeking the kingdom of God, the first thing on our agenda? How many of us is seeking the face of God in our prayer closet, the first thing we do every day? Most of us are trapped by the tyranny of the urgent and we run off to our hamster wheel jobs, chasing the cheese, too busy to seek the Lord with all of our might, too busy to fast and pray. You know, and these days of ease are ending soon. We're coming to the tail end of this and uh, there's still a little bit of time left to prepare. Amen. We would be wise to do so. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother, thank you so much, um, folks. This is definitely, uh, I first I thought maybe I was going to post this program to YouTube and nah, Rumble. This nah. is an officially 100% Rumble only. <laughs> so thank you all for joining. I'm going to do a little pre-program to invite you all over here. Just a little quick blip. But uh, folks, this is real. And, and just to, what Benjamin was saying earlier, the people in Matthew 25, when the Lord was calling up at the end of the time, at the end of time, they believed they were so absolutely right. Lord, we, didn't we cast out devils in thy name? And in that they knew they had it right. And Lord says, I didn't even know you. But the remnant, they weren't worried about that. Matter of fact, when the Lord said, when I was sick, you fed me. Because they, they, they said, Lord, when did we even do this? They were so following the Lord, they weren't even conscious of their own works. Everything they did was for no self-glory. And so they had no idea because they were just following what the Lord said. And, and I find it that they, uh, shocking that they were surprised 
Not really, actually, though, when I look at it, because when you are following what the Lord's will is, there's no desire for I'm right. Or, I'm, I'm going to show you who's got the best debate tactics, you know, and, and it's not about that. It's about doing what the Lord says. And, and right now, um, there's some of us right now, we're, 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 you know, feeling the burden of a long term fast again. And uh, there's so we've done so many programs on the remnant call about how to fast. I couldn't even tell you which ones they are, but you can look back through and find it. Uh, but I will just say this. There's a specific one where we talk about uh, a, a specific mixture that we make. And it was developed by a doctor in South America. And um, and we can talk about that more. But, folks, it's time to fast and pray. And, and just a quick thing, that mixture, it's just distilled water, carrots, beets, and celery. Chop them all up, put them in there, and we drink that while we're fasting. And it helps us keep our, our uh, electrolytes and all our just, you know, keeps us even and going during the time of fasting and, and really helps the body and purging itself. Um, but this is the time. Benjamin's talked about it so often. We've mentioned it on this program. You and I, Benjamin, everyone, nobody's better. We all need the Lord. That's it. We all need the Lord. And if it's not now, then when? Let's not wait until the missiles are flying to humble ourselves and get on our knees. Let's do it now so that we are already ready. And when the Lord says, Benjamin, go, Frank, go. Hey, you know what? Stay. You know, Joe, you need to stay here. This is where your calling is. This person might need to leave. Folks, we don't want to leave in our flesh. We don't want to stay on our flesh. We want to do what the Lord said. And his promise was, when Benjamin referred earlier back in Micah, his promise was that he would lead by us waiting upon him. That's the wonderful promise. So with that, Benjamin, thank you so much for sharing. Amazing yeah, show tonight. Let me add just one, one or two final, final thoughts. Uh, I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but today all of the Satanists in America gathered in Scottsdale, Arizona for a massive satanic ritual witchcraft attack on the Christians of this country. How many Christians were even aware that this was happening? How many believers prayed today? against it and the witches fast three times a week they pray against christian leaders every day they do warfare against the people that are carrying the mantle of truth every day those of you who have the holy spirit who can enter the anointed presence of god please frank and i need your prayers we're walking point with a megaton of truth and and we attract a whole lot of heat from every possible source. You know, we don't have a PayPal tab. We're not asking you for your money. We're just preaching the word of God. Last night, I, I did the job of an evangelist on coast to coast. I basically did a series of altar calls throughout the message, which, you know, praise God, it was by the power of the spirit. But you guys, we need your prayer covering. Your families need your prayer covering. The church is not praying. We better change that. And the, most of the church doesn't fast and pray either. That needs to change immediately. There's some people that think the war could start on Monday. Actually, the, the ground in Ukraine is, is pretty soft. It hasn't been frozen there for two weeks. 
So we'll see what happens. But regardless of how quickly or slowly events in the world play out, we know where we're going. The only way we're walking through this is through the protection of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. You guys, you need to become people of prayer and people who become disciplined and regular in their fasting and prayer as well. However you feel led to do it, you need to show up and step up to the plate in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God, folks. The second exodus is coming. You better believe that. If you've never listened to that program on the remnant call, go back and check it out. You need it's coming. God is leading and he will take his people through. That's not me saying that's what the Lord says in his word. So praise God, brother. Thank you so much. This is brother Frank and brother Benjamin on the remnant call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountain. Though a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Though a trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountain. Though a trumpet in